Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Godolphin Flying Start podcast, Leading to Success. My name is Annie O'Rourke and I am joined by co-host and fellow first-year trainee Jamie Smith. We are speaking to you today from Newmarket, the home of British racing, where first-year trainees will be spending the next couple of months. Over the next two podcasts, Jamie and I are going to speak to a range of guests on the topics of the moment, as well as chatting to fellow trainees here and abroad. On today's show, we have been lucky enough to have been joined by Sean Quinn, assistant trainer to John Quinn, to talk about the Mighty Mare Highfield Princess and her latest run in the Breeders' Cup. After this, we will chat to trainees Alex Sourceville and Annabelle Adams about their time in the Godolphin Flying Star so far. So our first guest today is Sean Quinn, and he's going to speak to us a little bit about the journey of Highfield Princess so far. Yeah, no problem. She, she um, she's a homebred filly. Um, her owner, John Fairley, bought the mare Pure Illusion in fall, carrying this uh, this filly and gave a, a relatively moderate sum for her. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's something around twenty thousand that he gave for her. And um, she, she was she was bred. She was Knight of Thunder's first crop, so very much unproven stallion. The mare was getting getting old when he bought her, um, but but everything kind of fell into place. Really, she, she was a, a late maturing filly, quite weak as a two year old, and, and didn't really take her training. And um, we advised that um, she'd be better off um, if he was able to take a patient approach, which he did, and. Um, she she appeared during her three-year-old season then but her appearance was delayed because it, her, her three-year-old career coincided with um the year of covid where there was no racing until um sometime in early june so she didn't debut until the middle of the summer always showed um a, a, a glimmer of ability at home no more than that really uh, but but always had a, a very very willing um demeanor uh, she she had done well for her break and um we we sort of started off in in handicaps which is in truth where where she looked like she should be playing and um credit to her all, all she ever did on the back of that Jamie was improved to to where she is today yeah no it's a super story um the obviously recently at Keeneland at the Breeders Cup she ran an amazing race um you must be delighted with that Sean we were very pleased as you say she ran very well uh, finished fourth and um you know it's um it was it was a great way to to cap the season yes she didn't win but to, to go over there and, and perform as she did was very creditable because she'd been in training since december of last year um in order to get her ready for the all-weather finals and she'd had we, we, we've raced her quite hard this year she's a mare that thrives on racing but um, ultimately, uh, whether sh- whether a hard campaign just took its toll late on in Keeneland, who knows? But um, because she hadn't really proven herself to be a Group One performer early in the year, it was never really in our minds that she'd go and win three Group Ones on the bounce and and end up in a in a Breeders' Cup. It might have been a pipe dream, but but that was all it was. Um, but but she she ran very well nonetheless. It was a very different track to to anything um, that she'd raced on at the top level. Obviously, her three group ones had come on straight tracks, and she handled the track no problem. 
But Jason Hart just commented after the race that um, he'd like to ride her around there again because, of course, just just sort of knowing the track and um, and and with the mayor, if she was able to have a little bit more know-how, he thought that might have stood her in better stead. Um, so that's something to bear in mind going forward. I mean, absolutely. She ran she ran a great race as it was anyway, and it's always difficult for the horses travelling and it's a big meeting for reasons like that. You have to go out there and, and mix with them kind of thing. Um, yeah, it, indeed. And like you said, she was going on for, for a long time when you were talking about the, the winter racing and that kind of thing. Um, with the view to the year coming, what's uh, what's your plan? Is she, gonna, is she on a holiday or is she going for something in the early spring? Or Yes, so she, she's going to get a much larger break um, or certainly we won't have her in training and be, be as hard on her as early in the year. I, we don't believe in giving horses huge, huge holidays and, and letting them get fat because in truth, you've only got to get that weight off them. So a, a break for their body and a break for their mind is certainly good. And she will get that. She's on her holiday at the moment. She's just, uh, we're just letting her down um, at, at Highfield at the moment. And then um, sometime next week, she'll go to a, a farm that her owner owns not too far away. And she'll have, probably November, December and, and some part of January off and we'll bring her back and we'll ease her in and um, all being well, she'll start off racing a little bit later. We'll, we'll get her fit gradually. And I suppose something like the Duke of York that she won this year at York in, um, in May at the Dante meeting might be a logical starting point. So thanks very much to Sean Quinn there speaking about Highfield Princess. So our next guest is Alex Sawsville, who is a first-year trainee. Uh, thanks for being on, Alex. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, we're just going to ask you some questions, so I'll get going. Tell us about your background and the highlights of the course so far. Well, my background is really came from the uh, not really growing up around horses. Fell in love with it through visiting racetracks and growing up near Saratoga, so that really helped. And just from there, it swelled from different experiences that I've had and Obviously, being on the course has been the same way. You're traveling, you're visiting different places, you're doing different things, and you're getting a flavor of just about everything the industry has to offer, which is the real thing that sells people on being a part of this course, of the many things that we get to do. So, as an American, what was your take on the Breeders' Cup this year, and were there any particular moments that stood out for you? Well, it's weird. This was my first Breeders' Cup not being in the States. I mean, I worked for the Breeders' Cup back during the COVID year at Keeneland, and that was an amazing experience. It's an odd experience being there in the uh, restricted access Breeders' Cup. But to be here, I mean, to, to see, obviously, the domination of the Europeans on the turf was a disappointment for us. But there were was, there was several highlights with it. From a personal standpoint, uh, Caravel winning, for who was purchased by one of my former bosses and Fergus Galvin. So that was really nice to see what Caravel has done just from that, that day of when he bought her to being a Breeders' Cup winner. Uh, from, a, from a personal pick standpoint, Rebels Romance was a horse I followed a lot through the German races and the, throughout the year, so I was excited to see that. And then obviously Cody's Wish, which everyone is talking about. I remember being at Churchill Downs the day Cody's Wish won. I wanna say it was this, his second win and just the atmosphere there on a day 
where everyone was so enthralled by the story and to and just everything and seeing Cody and his family in the winner's circle and to see where it's co- gone from that day to now is is mind-blowing so it, it the Breeders Cup is an amazing event it was one that I was very fortunate to be a part of at one point and it really culminated in that win Yes, I think we can all agree uh, that the Cody's Wish story really pulled on the heartstrings of, of many of us. Um, what places or things are you looking forward to on the course in the future, Alex? Well, it's nice. it'll be nice to go back home and get to show everybody my country, but from a standpoint of being here in the UK, just getting to explore the country a bit, the racing. I mean, I'm a person who grew up loving visiting racetracks. So for me to get out and go visit these places, the places that I've seen on TV, that you you dream of going to, it it really gives just a I don't even really know in words how to describe it the feeling of visiting these places like even this past weekend going I took to go visit Ascot, Epsom, Newbury and just being there at the moment of some of these historic races that you hopefully one day dream of winning and being a part of, but to see these places to stand at Tattenham Corner to go to Swindley Bottom these these historic sites. And we get the chance to be at the heart of that. So it's, it's an overview of everything, but these places are places I never envisioned that I would get to visit. And here I am. Well, Alex, I'm glad you're enjoying the UK, and we really are so lucky to have so many amazing race courses here. Uh, and the next question, Alex, why should someone apply for the Godolphin Flying Start? Well, for me, even applying to it and preparing to apply for it, which was something I did over a few years, was the idea of it being a training program. I mean, this is it's the experiences you get are unlike anything, but at the same time, you have people in all walks of the industry who are helping you learn, helping you understand the skills that you would need, the things you that you want to do. Like they, they're, you're getting that whole overview, and you're developing. I mean, I grew up in a background of being a, bas- a basketball family, a sports family, and everything was about working on different skills, learning the things, and, and improving. And the Flying Start gives you every opportunity to do that. And it doesn't matter what your interest is in the industry, it tailors to that while giving you experiences that are new to you that might open your eyes to something else. So it really covers so much. And for anyone that's, that's young and wants to learn about the industry, you have every opportunity to do so. So Alex, now that you've had your formal grilling, it's time for some quick-fire questions. What was the first concert that you went to, and what was your most recent concert? So my first concert, shout out to my father on this one, was Rush at, at the Saratoga Performing Arts Center in Saratoga, and amazing concert. I had to be about 11 or 12, but that was wow. the music I listened to growing up with my dad, so loved that. And then my most recent was actually in Ireland, and it was Green Day, who was my <laughs> my middle school obsession as far as music so to see them was a, was a lifetime goal of mine and well worth it um, so you mentioned your basketball background what team do you support and importantly when are you taking all of us well the team I support is really at the bottom of the table at the moment the Orlando Magic so hopefully we won't, we won't be seeing them but uh, as far as uh, as the group, everyone will get will make sure we'll get everybody to a University of Kentucky basketball game because a they're good and b the games are a lot of fun. Plus they play the call to the post right at the start, so it's even oh, better. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> Cannot wait! Cannot wait! Um, 
a little bit different. If you could have dinner with anybody, uh, a guest that perhaps inspires you or etc., who would you invite? So I'll go a little bit outside of the racing spot on this one, and it would be Kobe Bryant, who was someone as a basketball player growing up that I idolized, and just mainly from his work ethic, his attention to detail, and how he was able to break things down to develop, I mean, to develop what he was. He was an amazing player, he was an amazing leader, and his styles were different, but at the same time, to be able to pick his brain and see just the way he went about things, I would give anything to be able to do it. Unfortunately, he's not around anymore, but he was an amazing, amazing mind. Mm, for sure. Um, you mentioned your love of race courses, so put you on the spot, which one's your favorite? Oh. So in, from an American standpoint, it would be Arlington Park, which is now closed, but it was one that I went to and actually went to again when it was closed, and it was just the most, most beautiful place. I mean, the grandstand was majestic. It, there wasn't a bad seat in the house. The racing when I went on the day was phenomenal, and it was also really the day I was heading to Arizona to go to school, had not worked in the industry at all, and it was kind of my first big moment before I started on the journey that has led me here. So I will always hold Arlington in that special time. But And then from this current view, going to Epsom, like, was it not only a couple days ago, was something I've always dreamed of. And to stand at the winning post of what is, in my opinion, one of the greatest races we have in the world, there was a special feeling there. A real kind of race presence. And when you get to see the camber as well in person. Oh, there was nothing, special, nothing it? like it. I, I, it was like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, UK phase centralized, rich tea or digestive? So when, I moved, when we moved into our, our places here in the UK, they supplied us with a few different foods, and we had two packages of digestives. And I, me, being a, health, a person who tries to eat healthy, was like, no, I'm all right. Both of which are gone, both of which were eaten <laughs> by me. So it took a bit of time, but I think that, that tells where the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Alex, thank you so much for uh, giving us your time today and sharing your thoughts with us. Well, thank you very much for having me, and I look forward to bringing, to e bringing you to the UK game very soon. <laughs> <laughs> look forward to it. Our next guest today is fellow trainee Annabelle Adams from New Zealand. Annabelle, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So to start off, could you tell us a little bit about your background? Um, so I pr I'm not really from a thoroughbred background, you could say. My mum's side of the family, my grandfather was a harness racing trainer and um, through some family friends I got to know some thoroughbred trainers um, and I started riding work from a, from a young age, um, continued to do that throughout school and throughout uni and then following uni I decided that I would stay on in the thoroughbred industry. Um, so I stayed on in a foreman role for Tony Lynn Prendergast and then moved up to the Waikato for Stephen Ortridge and Chris Shaler at Balachi Racing. And yeah, I spent just over a year there with them before applying to the uh, for the Good Off and Flying Start. And Annabelle, what made you apply for the Good Off and Flying Start course? I would say the likes of um, the alumni that have previously completed the course, um, Todd Pollard, Scott Calder, Vicky Leonard, they're all Kiwis that have um, been through the course and are having a lot of success now in their career. 
and yeah, um, a, a, a wee bit of a push from Chris and Stephen at Wallachie, they were very helpful, and Gareth Downey too, actually, they were very, very helpful in my application process. So, what has been the highlight on the course so far? I would say um, landing here in Newmarket last week, we've had a lot of visits, probably visiting Moulton Paddocks has been a real highlight, the facilities and property there, seeing ADR in the flesh was very exciting. So Annabelle, as a racing fanatic, how have you found the UK race meetings we've been to so far? Yeah, it's been really good, so we've been to a turf meeting at um, Newmarket, an all-weather at Chelmsford and a national hunt at Huntingdon. And, um, you know, racing's starting to wind down now, later in the season, but it's great to see big crowds here at, um, at the races. It was great to attend Newmarket. There was some lovely racing there. Um, yeah, there were some really nice two-year-olds making their debut. It was, it was really good to watch. So, final question. What are you most looking forward to in the Newmarket phase and on Godolphin Flying Start going forward? Uh, the new market phase, I'll be. Um, I'm very looking forward to the tetter sales, mare and foal sales, and good often going forward, uh, probably Kentucky Derby in America. That'll be very exciting. Annabelle, thank you very much for joining us and sharing your thoughts with us today. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Annie. It's been great. So that concludes our first leading to success podcast, coming to you from here in Newmarket. Many thanks to our excellent guests, Sean, Alex and Annabelle. We will be back next month with not only more guests and trainees, but a little bit of festive fun too. Just before we go, don't forget that our applications for the 2023 intake of Godolphin Flying Star open on the 1st of December. Make sure to follow us on social media at Flying Start News to keep up to date with what we're getting up to. We have been your hosts, Jamie Smith and Annie O'Rourke, leading you to success.